Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And we are live. Good morning, everyone. It is about 69, or it was this morning. Let's see what it is this morning right now. And if I can get past all this all this news. Yeah, it's jumped up. Well, no, no, it's 68. thought it jumped up. It was, it was around 62 early this morning, 60, 62. And now it's jumping up pretty quick. And it was lightly overcast. I think it still is overcast somewhat. It had a nice hue in the morning, kind of an interesting shadow as the sun was coming up over the clouds, reminding me, oddly enough, of the um, snowy days we used to have back in New Mexico when you get that light that's kind of shining through the clouds. We've got that overcast. Uh, oddly, I think of that. Still think of those kinds of things because <laughs> I haven't seen it. Haven't really seen it snow in a long time. Well, we are looking into this day in, in history. It is the twenty fifth. Oh, that's a that's a bad joke. I'll go back to that that one in a minute. Um, when the debate is lost, slander becomes the tool of the losers. Socrates said that. When a debate is lost. Slander becomes the tool of the losers. Boy, is that really applicable today in the political realm. Hmm. Rubber Ducky, 1970, February 25th. Ernie, voiced by Jim Henderson, debuts in his bathtub song, Rubber Ducky, on the TV, Sesame Street. It would reach number 16 on the charts. That's one of the greatest all-time songs ever written. Rubber Ducky, you're the one. Um, first black member of U.S. Congress, 1870, on February 25th, Hiram Rhodes Revels is seated in the U.S. Congress. He's elected to the U.S. Senate representing Mississippi. His seating was blocked by Democrat senators on the grounds that Mississippi was under military rule and lacked civil government to conform his election. Others claimed that Revels was not a U.S. citizen until the passage of the 14th Amendment. Gosh, how interesting. There's some, a lot of people don't know our history on our political parties, but isn't it interesting that it was the first black member of Congress from Mississippi? I mean, uh, known for racism, at least in the 60s and therefore, but uh, good for Mississippi. Way to go. Mm, First practical electric chair motor, February 25th, 1837. The first practical electric motor is patented by Thomas Davenport and we all appreciate what he did for our cars for sure (laughs) uh he used well that's a bunch of interesting history um trivia hmm Terry somebody collapses in her home after suffering a cardiac arrest which resulted in severe brain damage the lengthy legal battle could ensue over the right of her husband to have Terry's Feeding tube removed. It was eventually removed in 2005, resulting in her death. It was a big thing over the right to die, blah, blah, blah. Mm, the Iran-Contra affair, 1978. Fawn Hall admits to destroying papers 
by our boss Oliver North. But yeah, but there a lot more came out later about that about all oh Ollie kind of taking the hit for the for the big boys. There, I respect and like that man. Nine year old bank robber, on February twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one. A boy robs a New York bank at gunpoint. He got away with $118, but later surrendered to the FBI. Nine-year-old kid with a gun. Aye, aye, aye. That's pretty sad. Very, very sad. Hmm. The 16th Amendment goes into effect on this day, 1913, which gives the U.S. Congress the power to lay and collect income taxes. Well, this is a day to mourn. <laughs> Oh, sad day. All right. The, today's dad jokes. Now, this one <laughs> is kind of a worldly joke, but it's kind of funny at the same time. What is a stiff drink at a, mort at a mortuary? Embalming <laughs> fluid. Uh, that's tasteless, I should say. Okay. Let's see if we got any any others down on the list here. Hmm. We're jumping over to the bad jokes. Not even the dad jokes, but the bad jokes. Let me see. Hmm. My friend was planning to get a Labrador. Is he mad? Hasn't he seen how many of their owners go blind? <laughs> Another tasteless joke. That's terrible. Well, we will move over to the reading in Leviticus 3 through 5, if you will find your place, please, and let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, and we ask you to get our eyes, our minds, and show us these truths that you desire for us to see in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus. Now, if his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he is going to offer out of the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without defect before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slay it at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood around the altar. From the sacrifice of the peace offerings, he shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons shall offer it up in the smoke on the altar of the burnt offering, which is on the wood that is on the fire, that is an offering by fire of soothing aroma to the Lord. But if his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is from the flock, he shall offer it, male or female, without defect. If he is going to offer a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the offering, and shall slay it before the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood around the altar. From the sacrifice of the peace offering, he shall bring as an offering by fire to the Lord its fat, its entire fat tail, which he shall remove close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails. And then two kidneys, with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. 
Then the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar as food and offering by fire to the Lord. Moreover, if his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on its head and slay it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around the altar. From it he shall present an offering as an offering by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. The priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar as food, and offering by fire for a soothing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. This is a perpetual statute throughout all generations. In all your dwellings, you shall not eat any fat or any blood. Chapter 4, the law of sin offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally in any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and commits any of them, if the anointed priest sins so as to bring guilt on the people, then let him offer to the Lord a bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He shall bring the bull to the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and slay the bull before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall also put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting, and all the blood on the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And he shall remove from it all the fat of the bull of the sin offering, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat which is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them which is on the loins and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Just as it is removed from the ox of the sacrifice of peace offering, and the priest is to offer them up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering. But the hide of the bull and all its flesh, with its head and its legs and its entrails and its refuse, that is, all the rest of the bull he is to bring out to a clean place outside the camp where the ashes are poured out and burn it, on wood with fire, where the ashes are poured out, it shall be burned. Now, if the whole congregation of Israel commits error and the matter escapes the notice of the assembly, and they commit any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and they become guilty, when the sin which they have committed becomes known, then the assembly shall offer a bull of the herd for a sin offering and bring it before the Lord. Then the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be slain before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to bring some of the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. He shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting, and all the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove all of its fat from it and shall offer it up in smoke on the altar. And he shall also do with the bull just as he did with the bull of the sin offering. Thus he shall do 
with it. So the priests shall make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. Then he is to bring out the bull to the place outside the camp and burn it, just as he burned the first bull. It is a sin offering for the assembly. When the leader sins and unintentionally does any one of the things which the Lord his God has commanded not to be done, and he has become guilty, if his sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, male, without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the male goat and slay it in the place where they slay the burnt offering. Before the Lord, it is a sin offering. Then the priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering. And the rest of the blood he shall pour out the base of the altar of the burnt offering. All his fat he shall offer up in smoke on the altar as in the case of the fat of the sacrifice of peace offering. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to his sin, and he shall be forgiven. Now, if any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done and becomes guilty, if his sin, which he has committed, is made known to him, then he shall bring for his sin offering a goat, a female without defect, for his sin, which he has committed. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slay the offering at the place of the burnt offering, the priest shall take some of the blood with his finger and put it on the horn of the altar of burnt offering, and the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all of its fat, just as the fat was removed from the sacrifice of the peace offerings, and the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar for a soothing aroma to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven." But if he brings a lamb as an offering for a sin offering, he shall bring in a female without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and, and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they slay the burnt offerings. The priest takes some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horn of the altar of the burnt offering, and all the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all his fat, just as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar, on the offering, by fire to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to the sin which he has committed, and he will be forgiven. Chapter 5, the law of the guilt offering. Now, if a person sins after he hears a public adjuration to testify... When he is a witness, whether he is seen or otherwise known, if he does not tell it, then he will bear his guilt. Or if a person touches any unclean thing, whether a carcass or an unclean beast or, or a carcass of unclean cattle or any carcass of unclean swarming things, though it is hidden from him and he is unclean, then he will be guilty if he touches a human uncleanness or whatever sort of uncleanness may be with which he becomes unclean, and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to know it, he will be guilty. Or if a person swears thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, in whatever matter a man may speak thoughtlessly with an oath, and it is hidden from him, and when he comes to know it, he will be guilty in one of these. So it will be when he becomes guilty in one of these that he will confess 
that in which he has sinned. And he shall also bring his guilt offering to the Lord for his sin which he has committed. A female from the flock, a lamb or a goat, as a sin offering, just as the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin. But if he cannot afford a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord his guilt offering for that in which he has sinned. Two turtle doves, two young pigeons, one for the sin offering and the other for the burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest who shall offer first that which is for the sin offering and shall nip its head at the front of its neck, but he shall not sever it. He shall also sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. <laughs> the second he shall then prepare as a burnt offering according to the ordinance. So the priest shall make atonement for his behalf and his sin, which he has committed, and it will be forgiven him. But if his means are insufficient, and for two turtle doves or two pigeons, then for his sin offering, for that which he has sinned, he shall bring a tenth of an ephah, a fine flour, for a sin offering, and he shall not put oil on it or place incense on it, for it is a sin offering. He shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it as its memorial portion and offer it up in smoke on the altar with the offering of the Lord by fire. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin, which he has committed from one of these, and it will be forgiven him. Then the rest shall become the priest like the grain offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, If a person acts unfaithfully and sins unintentionally against the Lord's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord, a ram without defect, from the flock, according to your valuation of silver by shekels, in terms of the shekel of the sanctuary, for a guilt offering. He shall make restitution for that which he has sinned against the holy thing, and shall add to it a fifth part of it and give it to the priest. The priest shall then make atonement for him with a ram of the guilt offering, and it will be forgiven him. Now, if a person sins and does any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, though he were unaware, still he is guilty and shall bear his punishment. He is then to bring to the priest a ram without defect from the flock according to the valuation for a guilt offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his error in which he sinned unintentionally and did not know it, and it will be forgiven him. It is a guilt offering. He was certainly guilty before the Lord. So you have the basic breakdown of these offerings which are being developed by God for Israel. The serious sin offering of when someone is with the sins that are really inside against God. The um, acts in the mind, the acts of, of rebellion, of one following after another God or whatever it is, the priest sinning against God as far as the ritual goes or according to how, what God had commanded them to do. Then they're to offer up this, this whole burnt offering. They're not to partake in eating it. They are to offer the entire thing up. And of course, the rest of the animal that they don't burn on the altar is taken outside the camp. As a whole burnt offering, you see this happens when people sin unintentionally. They finally come to know about it. 
and they realize that they have sinned greatly against the Lord, like forgetting to circumcise their kids, forgetting that, forgetting that the to keep the Sabbath for years or the um, year of jubilee, whatever it is. And when they finally realize that they've been sinning against God because they've gotten so far away from Him, then they were to bring a sin offering before the Lord, a whole burnt offering, offer it all up before the Lord, and take the rest outside, and take all the ashes outside, and everything was to be outside the camp. And they're dealt with, and it was to take away, essentially, you're taking the sin of the camp out of the camp, out into a faraway place. And we'll see about the the um, scapegoat later is kind of a representation of that as well in the desert, where they actually let the scapegoat go out into the desert. Um, but here is a, a clear modeling for Jesus the Messiah, who was taken outside the camp, and they're offered up really in a symbolic sense as a whole burnt offering for the sins of Israel. He's taken outside the camp and crucified there, all of him to the Lord. So very interesting, very um, symbolic. Well, uh, the other issue is this. Uh, the, the priest did get to eat, and the people got to eat a lot uh, of these sacrifices, the peace offering and also the the guilt offering, I think the guilt offering, you could eat that too. That's when you did something. Things that were exterior, you touched a dead body, you did something you didn't mean to do, um, you walked across a grave, or you did all these weird things they had in the law, then you would offer up the guilt offering. And those you could take a portion of and eat. And it's interesting that all the fat was the Lord. So there you go. Any of us that are overweight, can we claim that? It's a sacrifice. It's all the Lord's. It's for his glory. It's all his, right? But the the interesting thing was the fat that was offered up before the Lord was a sweet-smelling aroma. If you think about it, it was a constant barbecue all over Jerusalem every day. It smelled really good. I mean, it was a really pleasing smell that they had going up. And it was to remind the people that the, the prayers were being offered up, like the smoke they could smell, and all of this was being offered up, rising up to heaven for the forgiveness of sin and the covering over the people and the reestablishment of peace with the Lord. There was a lot of positive things that was going on, and they would take the, the, the meat from these sacrifices and then have fellowship with it, eat it one with another, and enjoy a great barbecue and, and, uh, and rejoice that God was in their presence and God was forgiving and God was good and God was blessing. Of course, they would bring the grain offering in as the first fruits. Um, if they were poor, they could bring in the grain offering and offering as a sin offering. If they didn't have enough money to get a ram or, or a goat or something, they could do the same with a turtle dove. There was a lot of provisions made for the people. And, here, and that was the whole point. God wanted every person to have the ability to come in and not only ha- have forgiveness, but also fellowship with him. Mark 5 now, 21 through 43, when Jesus had crossed over again in the boats to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse 
After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? The disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official, saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Verse 38. Then they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw the commotion, the people loudly weeping and wailing, and entered in. And he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him, but putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said that something should be given her to eat. Love the fact that Jesus cares for the children and knows exactly what they need. Obviously, he went there to glorify the Father, to heal his child, so that we would have the account again of his power over death. But it also demonstrates that he cares for children it wasn't just about the adults. It was about all life. He, he went to the extremes to save a demon-possessed man. He healed the sick. And now he's, he's healed Peter's mother of her infirmity. Now he's healing a young girl. He's healing on all levels and all socioeconomically, also age-wise, also cross-culture, the centurion. And so we see these these healings are in, in kind of all ex different kinds of extremes, but it's wonderful. He wants to them to give her something to eat, realizing the condition of her body, that she needs the nutrients. Um, he cares. That was the whole issue. He cared for her, and he still cares for kids. This is why we should never, ever hinder children from coming to the Lord. He didn't. He told his disciples, don't hold him back. Let him come. Somewhere between 80 and 90% of everybody gets saved, gets saved before they're, they're teenagers, basically. It's around 80%, I think, that the majority of, of kids that get saved and will stay with the Lord, people that have long-lasting relationships, get saved very early. It's very, very important that we have child evangelism. All right, Charles Spurgeon, Isaiah 61, 6. Ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. The literal promise to Israel becomes spiritual to the seed after the Spirit. Namely, to all believers, if we live up to our privileges, 
we shall live unto God so clearly and distinctly that men shall see that we are set apart for holy service and shall name us the priests of the Lord. We may work or trade as others do, and yet we may be solely and wholly the ministering servants of God. Our one occupation shall be to present the perpetual sacrifice of prayer and praise and testimony and self-consecration to the living God by Jesus Christ. This being our one aim, we may leave distracting concerns to those who have no higher calling. Let the dead bury their dead. It is written, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. They may manage politics, puzzle out financial problems, discuss science, and settle the last new quibble of criticism. But we will give ourselves to such service as become those who, like the Lord Jesus, are ordained to a perpetual priesthood. Accepting this honorable promise as involving a sacred duty. Let us put on the vestments of holiness and minister before the Lord all day long. Well, you can't add much to that. We have a high calling, a very high calling, a very high privilege to be able to minister before the Lord, and we need to take it um, for what it is. It's a, it's, it's a serious, um, lifelong blessing that comes to us that God expects us to respond to. And this is why it's, it is sad when Christians get wrapped up in the things of the world to the point where that becomes their one thing which they have become ministers of and not any longer that of the kingdom of God. And like he says, you can be ministering in many different fields of your work, but at the end of the day, what defines you? Is it your work or is it your relationship with the Lord? It should be the relationship with your Lord. That which is the one passion of your life. And it's always exciting to see people that have businesses established, great training, uh, PhDs, all kinds of um, whatever uh, talents, and yet come and want to just serve in the church and want to work with kids or work with young people or share the Lord or do a Bible study. Uh, you see that the things that they have been blessed with and talents and businesses are not that which is going to define them, and they don't want th that to define them. What they want people to see is Jesus being glorified and magnified in them. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Well, let's go ahead and pray and give this time to the Lord the rest of this day for sure. So, Father, we do thank you for the blessing we do have as your ministering servants, as priests before you, a high, high calling, things we cannot even begin to understand or comprehend. But we do thank you that we have it, that ministry given to us, and we do pray you'd help us take it seriously for the things that you are doing in us. And we do thank you for the various ministries that are ongoing and the things you are doing. And we thank you for the evangelism team that went out on Thursday night and had many contacts. We want to pray for those 
various contacts they had for Brandon, who prayed to receive the Lord, who's going through a tough time because his girlfriend left him and cheated on him. And he's only 25, God, but he's he's really struggling. And thank you that the evangelism team had a chance to pray with him. May, may you help Brandon today remember that. Remember his commitment. Remember what happened and transform his life, God. Bring him out of that darkness and help his his heart not only heal, but be completely given over to you so that you could fill that empty void. We pray for Alexis, a drug addict, that the Lord would help Alexis come out of that addiction and and break it, God, and, and that Alexis would completely be given over to you as a child of God. Pray for Enrique, a man who received the Lord with Victor Hugo, God, thank you that Enrique prayed to receive you, God. We pray it was a sincere prayer, that he didn't pray just out of embarrassment or or to um, try and be nice, but that he really, really meant it, and that it's transformative in his life. Same with Umberto, construction worker, who believes in you, God, and, and prayed that you, again, for just to confirm his relationship with you. So continue to bless him, bring them both to church. And all the people that receive the little um, tracks, God, we pray for them and pray for the touch uh, Richard Stevens' grandfather, that the Lord may touch his heart for salvation and use um, Jazz's family to reach him. So thank you for all you did with the evangelism team. Thank you for the healing that you are doing in many people's lives. We thank you for that. And uh, ask you to continue to do it. And and for the church service tomorrow, may you continue to bless us as we meet together and draw deeper relationships and greater commitment. And may we all grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our salvation with you. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for today. So thank you, guys. We will see you tomorrow. I would love to see you guys all, but not, many of you aren't here. So those of you that are in Puerto Vallarta still haven't gone back home, come and see us tomorrow at 9. If not, we will see you guys online then at 9 o'clock our time. So in the meantime, keep looking up. Jesus is coming back. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.